Well, good morning. My name is Corey Steiner. I'm the superintendent at Northern Cats, and after a break for some medical conditions, I'm back to another instance of our podcast. And today I'm thrilled to have Courtney Nelson. She's our pre-K teacher at Northern Cass. Uh, and we're just going to get started right away, Courtney. Courtney, tell us about your background. Where'd you go to high school, college? Where have you worked? Uh, so I went to high school. I grew up most of my life in Fargo. Um, I was actually born in Bismarck and lived in Montana for a little bit. Um, but from third grade on, I was in Fargo. I went to Fargo South High School. Um, and I graduated right before they did the split between Fargo South and Davies. Um, so I was the last full class at Fargo South and then went straight into Concordia in Moorhead. And that was actually the only college I toured, the only place I went, the first place I went, and that's I knew I was supposed to be there. Um, so I spent four years there. I got my undergrad in elementary education, and I did a minor in psychology. Um, which has been one of the most powerful things for myself as a teacher, actually, to have like the background of de developmental psychology mm -hmm. or yep. abnormal psychology or just everything that I learned in that has really played a huge part in who I am as a teacher. Um, and in 2015, I graduated from Concordia and applied for my first ever job at Northern Cass um, and was hired here. I've been teaching for three years. This is my third year. Um, and I love every second of what I do. Can you talk about what you did student teaching? Because you did something <laughs> yes. a little different than, yeah. than the person who went to their neighboring community. Um, I actually chose to do my student teaching in New Zealand. So I spent four months, probably five, with the traveling that we did, um, immersed in their culture and their schools and embracing their incredibly laid-back lifestyle, which was very appealing to me. Um, so I got to actually teach with two teachers while I was there, and it was a year one classroom, which was equivalent to like a kindergarten um, transitioning into first grade. Um, so I got to teach on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays with one teacher, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays with another. So I kind of thought of it as like a double student teaching experience, I guess. I got one class, but two different teachers, so two perspectives, two ways of going at teaching content differently or engaging with students differently or dealing with behaviors differently. Um, it was teaching in another country is the best thing I have done for myself as a person, as a teacher. I am a lot more open to new things. I Going abroad actually helped me to like come out of my, I'm very uh, detailed, I like everything to be planned, um, but that going abroad and teaching somewhere else actually helped me to like calm down on that a little bit um, and just let things happen as they happen, which is how it happens in a classroom so you kind of need that um, and it was it was incredible I got to experience their culture um, the respect that they have for the teaching profession is incredible teachers are straight up there with doctors and lawyers um, because they're doing an important job as everywhere we are we're getting these kids prepared for their next step which is huge it's a little bit like the Finland model where yes. that respect is a true professional. Yes. And it's not based on what your salary is, but yes. it's based on your position. What you're doing for yeah. those kids. So then, you know, we've talked about kind of your background. Why teaching? Why, why not business? Why not law? Why teaching? Well, for a long time, I was actually going to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. That was my dream and decided it was not in my cards to be in school until I was... 30. I wanted to be working and with kids and not not working 80 hours a week. Um, so in, I mean, I've had a lot of great teachers 
my whole educational career, but my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. T, is the one that always stands out to me. I still get Christmas cards from her. I mean, she developed a relationship with me in kindergarten that has lasted until now when I'm 25, and I know it'll keep going forever. Um, she had such a love for learning and excitement. Uh, that was my first real experience with school. I never did preschool or I had just a little bit of daycare, but was home with my sisters and my mom for most of my life. Um, and she sparked this love of learning in me that's never stopped, it's never died. Um, so I've, I've considered her as like my foundation for why I'm, why I'm teaching. Um, but also I know that I'm here for, to live out a life of service. And this is one of the ways that I'm doing that. I'm serving these kids, teaching these kids, um, helping them grow a little bit more each day, so. You know, you can obviously hear the passion for those that are listening to Courtney's voice. What you can't see is the big <laughs> smile when she mentioned her kindergarten teacher. Uh, that kindergarten teacher obviously changed your life. Yes, she did. Uh, and think about, I always think of it exponentially. She changed your life. Now you're changing other kids' lives. Uh, that's a really powerful it's thing. And that, that that's the beautif beautiful thing about teaching. Mm -hmm. So that's a fantastic yeah, your, story. Your impact never stops. And you know, I don't, I don't think I was meant to be a doctor because I just couldn't get enough fulfillment from that. I can see the change in these kids from day to day, from month to month, and now in a pre-K to 12 school, I can see them change all the way until they're 12th graders, which is going to be incredible. Yeah, I, you know, we always ask the question at staff development, you know, who's your favorite teacher? And you always <laughs> see people kind of get a smile and lean their head a little bit, and and they just talk so easily about those people. Uh, and I've always said I want to be one of those people, and that's what you're Absolutely. doing too. Absolutely, yep. Mrs. Yeah. T is always on my mind. I want to be that teacher for all of these kids. Very cool. Uh, you had a phenomenal interview <laughs> when you when you came to Northern Cass, uh, from having your standards laid out to having a plan because this was a preschool program yes. that didn't exist. Yes. How did you get ready for that? How did you prepare for that for an interview? Well, that was actually my first ever interview. Um, in high school and throughout college, I was always an after-school nanny or a summer nanny. I mean, those kind of positions, you don't really sit down around a table and answer questions. It was mostly I was working for people I knew. Um, so when it came time to start applying and I saw that this was open at Northern Cass, um, number one, it's close to where I'm living now. Um, and I'd heard amazing things. My husband went to school here, so I knew kind of this is where I wanted to be. Um, so I went into this interview knowing that I was going to give everything I had, um, and I walked out knowing that I gave you all at that table my best self, my best teacher, my everything. Um, and also knowing that what I was applying for didn't actually exist yet. Um, my The way I plan and the way I do things in my life kind of took over there. Um, and I planned out and then basically I laid out the entire year of what I wanted my program to look like. Um, the themes that we would hit, the letters, the learning concepts, everything. Um, and then at Concordia they have different, I guess, programs that are available. Um, you can go in and sit with a career counselor and practice an interview. And I was never really into that kind of stuff, but amazing things for you to do. So I actually had a close group of friends, um, and we were all applying for jobs and interviewing around the same time. So we went through questions with each other and just talked and had conversations. Uh, for somebody who's never done an interview before, I mean, you never know what's going to pop up. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised when I saw there was quite a large group of people in that, um, in that room, but it turned into more of just a 
conversation, I guess, um, instead of an interview, which is nice. But I would never, ever, and maybe it's just me, but I would never be able to walk in without some kind of preparation behind that. Yeah, and, I, and I was hoping that's kind of where you would go, is that <laughs> an interview is it's about preparing yep. and knowing your audience. Uh, I can say you sent your, your resume and your credentials, and it was in a, a folder where your resume was on part of the folder. Yes. And I had told you this before. I looked at it, and I was like, all right, I'm not even going to bother with this. But I started looking through it, and one of the names was one of the groups that you nanny for, and it was a yes. teacher who I have the highest level of respect for. When I called, and I said, well, what can you tell me? And they just said, hire her. Uh, when we sat in the interview, and I just want to share this because it was really unique, um, we had probably 20 questions. It was after about question yep. four. I had written down on mine, hire her. Uh, <laughs> and then when we got done with the interview, we had finished tours, and I came back in, and the group was just giddy, and they're like, we already know, we already know. And I was like, well, we need to discuss. And they said, but it's Courtney, it's Courtney. And it was the only time in my career when I had the team ask, can we be on the phone when you call? <laughs> <laughs> and when you said yes, they just started cheering uncontrollably. Uh, it is, you know, I probably have interviewed four or five hundred people over the years. Yours was truly one of the very best ones I've ever sat in. And so that is something I'll never okay. forget too. That that's a good feeling. Yeah, it, it, it was probably not real professional when we were screaming and yelling, <laughs> but you know what? We we knew that you were going to do great things. Uh, so tell me, what's the best part of your job? Um, I love that I get to be. A, these for these kids their first experience with school I mean once we hit May they're they're very independent they know the routines they know how to do school but I always forget right when we start school this crew that I get they've never they've never most of them had a school experience before so it's for me I get to be the first one to build the relationship with them I get to be the first one to teach them how to go through the lunch line, to how to sit on the carpet, how to learn with other people, how to work with other people. And that is one of my most favorite things because now I'm just waiting for the day when I've been teaching for like six years and I've got all kids through sixth grade in the lunchroom. That's my favorite time of the day. I get all the hugs from all the kids <laughs> I've had before. So actually maybe 12th grade will be better. Maybe they'll stop giving hugs by then. But um, I also love that in this setting, in this pre-K setting, I get to provide the most individualized education that I can for all of these kids because honestly in a group of 18 kids you might have 15 different groups and 15 different kids who need 15 different things. Um, so for me to be able to give them exactly what they need right where they're at is one of the coolest parts of my job. That's, that's a great answer. Uh, how about the flip side? What's the <laughs> toughest part? I think maybe, and I don't think I'm alone on this, the hardest part of my job of being a teacher, I think, is balance. Um, and I've always been very passionate about giving everything that I have as a teacher to my job when I'm here during the day. But then I also have other important roles. I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a dog mom, I'm a chicken mom, I'm a daughter-in-law. I have other people who I need to give myself to. Um, so finding that delicate balance of giving everything I have here, but still being able to go home and still give of myself to the people I care about is probably the toughest part, but one that I always have in my mind, so I know I'm always aware of that. Yeah, and, and you said it right. You know, you're, I don't think you're alone no. there. I think if, if we could ask every teacher here, that would be one of the things mm -hmm. I know from my own personal life. Balance is tough mm -hmm. to figure out, like, when do I just put my phone down? I'm not going to return any emails. Yes. And, you know, I, I don't want to make that person upset. So I I, that's a very yes. good point, and I think if you're cognizant enough, like you are, 
you're on the right track. It's easy to handle when you're aware of it, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, talk about a typical day in pre-K. <laughs> so for somebody who came into pre-K, and, and typical probably isn't the best yeah. word, if a day was to go exactly how you planned it, oh, what would it look like? That would be really nice. <laughs> um, the kids come in. Um, I love um, this program because they're with, it's not like they're a separate part of the school either because they're not technically a kindergartner yet. They're with these other kids all day long. So they start, um, they take the bus, most of them take the bus to school, um, and our fabulous para brings them down to our classroom and they start our morning with morning centers. Um, and that's an independent choice and they work basically at one of our tables. Um, I always have out coloring or drawing so they can just engage and be creative in the morning. Um, we have some little stem bins so they can build and create things in the morning. Um, sometimes they put out puzzles or geo boards, different academic activities where they don't really know that they're learning, um, but they still get a little bit of that free time in the morning to talk with their friends who they haven't seen since the day before. Um, during that time is my time to pull kids over um, for progress monitoring or assessments. Um, it's difficult to fit all of that in a day, so whenever I can get one-on-one -on -one time or small group time with those kids, I fight for it. Um, so after that, we start our morning routine. We all join together on the carpet, and um, I take attendance, do lunch, all of the regular things, but then they sit around the edge of the carpet, and every single student gets a chance to share one piece of news that they have for the day. Um, True or not, you can usually tell. Some of them share what they had for breakfast or what they did when they got home. Been or part of some of those are. Yeah. Um, lately, they're on a kick of showing off the socks that they're wearing. So I let them take off one shoe to show everybody their sock. Um, sometimes they're really cute and they have little creatures on them. Sometimes it's a, a plain white sock, and I have to get really excited for the plain white sock. Um, we always... Everybody always gets a turn to do that and share, and that's really important, not only for their like vocabulary development, but just to be able to sit and listen to somebody else talk is a huge skill. Um, and after that, we sing songs. We have morning songs. Um, we have a little calendar time that the students actually lead now. Um, I basically stand off to the side and give them just gentle reminders of what they need to do. Um, and then we go into our math lesson for the day, and I actually went through um, and kind of revamped our math curriculum to fit the needs of these kids. Um, so we do a whole group math lesson. They every day get to play a game with their partner. Again, working on the skills, like you're not always working by yourself. You're working with somebody else. You have to share. You have to um, take turns. It's, it's a really powerful time for them. Um, and then they get to go to their math centers. And our math centers in here are um, like building, creating kind of things so they can work with magnetiles. Um, I have like little straw connectors and builders. Um, so there's one group doing that. There's one group on the iPads um, and then one group with blocks. And at that time, they usually have about 15 minutes to just engage and be creative and build with their group. Um, really powerful learning takes place then. But again, while they're doing that, um, I'm able to work with small groups to hit kids who need a little bit more or the kids who are ready for um, taking it to the next step. Yeah, you've really customized the approach. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and then they get recess um, every day with the kindergarten kids, which is really cool because they're already making friends with kids they're going to be going through this whole entire school journey with. Um, so they get to go to recess. We have lunch the same time as everybody else. Um, they're very independent now, so they can go through the whole lunch line. They can walk all the way to the table with their tomato soup and not spill it. Um, we've come a long way, yeah. <laughs> and the, I really love that they get gym and music, um, just like everybody else. 
So they go and have 25 minutes of music and 25 minutes of gym. And it's very much, very much needed at that time in their day just to have somebody, somebody else teaching them, somebody else's voice. It's not always constantly me. Um, they need that change in the day. Um, they come, always come back from gym and we have just like a cool down. Um, they have a quiet book browsing um, or rest time. Some of them actually do fall asleep at that time because it's a it's a demanding day um, and they're still they're little learners um, but most of them are independently reading their books or looking at their letter books and during that time again is when I can pull kids over and do tests and assessments with them um, and keep up on that kind of data and then we go right into our reading block and we're plowing our way through the alphabet and learning uppercase lowercase letter sounds all together um, we've started sight words and we're singing songs about the letters. It's a really engaging and fast moving kind of time. Um, and then again, they go into their reading centers. Um, we always have a poem book that we work on. And after they're finished with that, they go with their small groups to my stand table or my iPads. Um, and then one of their reading centers, probably the favorite, is the Play-Doh. Um, so they get to just sit with their small group again and be creative and talk and engage together. Um, and again, while they're doing that, it's my time to pull kids again. Um, as much one-on-one -on -one or small group time as I can get with them is the best thing that I can do for them. Um, we have snack after that. And usually we listen to a story online that somebody else has read so they can see the pages turning, they can hear the voice, some of them track the words. Um, and if we've read it a couple times, some of them can kind of start reading along with them, but just from memory. Um, and then we do a show and tell time, and this is probably their favorite part of the day, if you'd ask them. Uh, everybody takes a turn throughout the month, and they bring one thing that fits in their backpack. They give a clue, and then the kids have 10 guesses. Cool. So the kids, like the kids guess, they can ask questions. They've just started asking things instead of just saying, like, is it a dog, yeah. is it a cat? They've started <laughs> yeah. going, does it have legs? Like, is it alive? Is it breathing? So they've, they've gotten a little more so creative with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so they've really come a long way. Um, and then after show and tell, they have about 15 minutes of just free play time where they can go play anywhere in our classroom. I've got a, a crew right now who just really loves to color and draw, um, and they spend their play time coloring and drawing. I've got a couple little friends who are really into spelling words right now. So I've been giving them little CVC words like cat or ran, or and they're spelling these words on their paper. So they've taken their play time and really made it fit for what they want. Um, and also at that time, I work on planners with them. Um, so they reflect on their behavior for the day. Um, there's three questions. Did you focus and get your work done today? And that we talk about is for the whole day. Um, did you listen to Mrs. Nelson and other teachers, which includes gym and music? Um, and did you keep your body safe and other people safe? Um, so they reflect on those, and it's a very honest reflection. Um, and then it's a nice communication tool for me and their parents. Um, and then we pack up and make it just in time for the bus right at the end of the day. <laughs> and I think we see now why you're exhausted by the end yeah. of the day. It's a full day. It's fast. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a product of staying at home with my mom mm -hmm. until kindergarten and struggled mightily with the emotional part when I got into kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Why should kids be in a formal pre-K program before going to kindergarten in your eye? In oh. your eye? Your opinion. It's one of the one of the best things you can do for your kid, and I will never be an advocate of pushing kids into school 
before they're ready um, because the time you start kindergarten really impacts the rest of your life when you graduate, when you drive. I mean, it's important to start kindergarten when you are ready. So this pre-K is really perfect for the year right before you go to kindergarten. Um, you're, you get a taste of everything. You get to be around 15 kids who are different than you, who are learning at different paces than you. You learn to work with them, to solve problems with them. Um, what happens when you get really angry or really upset? Um, we have beautiful lessons with our counselor and our school nurse. Just to have that foundation before you go to kindergarten is huge. I mean, the academic side that we do, um, again, they'll get it all in kindergarten again, but to have that foundation going in is powerful yeah and, and it's, it's it is amazing because we can go to our kindergarten teachers right now and say who had preschool from mrs nelson last year and they like oh this kid this kid this kid this kid and it, it's really tell. quite quite fascinating to see i mean silly little things like being able to sit on the carpet and listen to a story some kids have never experienced mm -hmm. that before and that's something you have to learn how to do so be able being able to take like a little bit of that stress away from the kindergarten teachers because once that kindergarten curriculum gets going, it goes and it goes quick, it gets intense. Um, so to have some of those foundational skills going in is huge, huge. Yeah, and I, I think you've, you've shared really well that this is not uh, my parents or even my pre-K or kindergarten. This is very serious mm -hmm. stuff and we have fun doing it and you guys have fun doing yes. it. But what we're preparing kids for is well beyond pre-K and K. It's well into adulthood and, and beyond the, you know, beyond for the rest of their yes. life. And I, I know sometimes I hear from people, well, kids should just have fun. Well, they can have fun, but we have a really high cause that we're trying yes. to reach here. Uh, do you believe that? It's a it's a beautiful balance, and I'm I'm always very aware of that. These kids need to move. They need to have fun, but it's also a, a really serious job. You're getting them ready for the rest of their life for reading in kindergarten, which will set them up for success the rest of their lives. I mean, every single thing we do has a purpose in here, and it it's set out that way on purpose. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you're doing your special ed degree through? UND. Yeah, I just yes. needed to add that because I'm a UND guy too. Uh, and how long do you have left of that? This is, right now I'm in my final full semester. Um, I will finish in June of this year. Awesome. Congratulations thank on you. that. Uh, Courtney, thank you for taking the time Thanks. today. I know we've had to push this back about three or four <laughs> times. Uh, Northern Cass Preschool runs four days a week. It's a paid preschool. Uh, the four-day-a-week thing was Courtney who said, <laughs> we were doing three and we yep. need four because we're losing too much. Uh, it, it really, truly has become one of the models in the state. We have had people come visit, people call. Uh, and I just want to thank you for all you do and being helping make Northern Cass great. Thanks. I'm proud of what we do. Thank you.